Good, y'all. Thank you guys so much. And I want to tell you, it has been a decade now, right, Denise? And we are uh, just so excited about the vision that God laid on Denise's heart and the way that God has used that to touch so many lives throughout the years. So do go and check it out, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Well, if you have your Bible, let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 12. And it is so good to see each one of you. So glad that you're here with us. Know we have some online. Great to have you with us as well. Luke chapter 12. And the title of the message is Three Reasons to Fear God. Three Reasons to Fear God. I believe when we look around us today, we see more fear maybe than we have seen in our entire life. People are afraid. They're afraid of uh, the coronavirus and COVID-19 and the whole pandemic around us. People are afraid of the government and the way that there is a new power struggle that's going on as they send checks into the home of every family and send checks to small businesses. And then we see these new restrictions and these mandates, and we're concerned about these things. We're concerned about the economy as we watch the stock market and it goes up and down and up and down. And how is this going to affect my job? And how is this going to affect my livelihood? And so there is ample anxiety all around us. But what I want to propose to you this morning is that we readjust our fear into a biblical model. We readjust our fear in a way that lines up with the Scripture. Now, let's begin Luke chapter 12, verse 1, and then we'll get the rest in a few moments. Verse 1, it says, In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, Jesus is here, and he is about to speak, and the Bible says that there are thousands of people. Most likely there are tens of thousands of people, and the Bible says they are trampling each other as they come towards Jesus. Picture, if you will, a rock concert where everybody is rushing the stage, and there are people on your left, right, in front of you, behind you. You can barely move because there are so many people. They are everywhere as far as you can see. It could be that in Luke chapter 12, Jesus speaks to more people than on any other occasion. And my question is this, if you had the opportunity to speak to, speak to such a large group of people, what would you speak about? What would be the topic of your message? Well, you may think for a moment and say, well, I would, I would speak on the love of God. That's wonderful. I would speak on the grace of God. Again, that is wonderful. But what I find interesting is that when Jesus speaks to such a large crowd, he chose to talk on the subject of hell, and he spoke about hell to a group of very religious people. And this is what he said. Let's continue at the end of verse 1. Jesus said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. 
and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Lord, we come to you this morning asking that you will speak in a mighty way through your word, Lord. I pray that you will challenge us, God, that you will speak to our heart and that we will be responsive. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So Jesus is speaking to this crowd And I want you to notice there are a varieties of people in this crowd. There are the disciples. Those are the ones who have committed their life to Christ already. They are committed. And as they listen to the words of Jesus, they are trying to grab every one of them and place them in their heart. They're taking the words of the Lord and putting those into their life. There are also in this crowd the religious, the the scribes and the Pharisees. Think of the theologians and the ministers. And they are in complete opposition to Jesus. They want nothing to do with him except to trap him and to cause trouble for his life. There are also in this crowd some who are undecided. They don't quite know yet. They're listening to the words of Jesus, but they don't know if they want to commit their life or not. So they're hanging out. They're a part of the crowd, but they're just trying to see what's going to happen next. The crowd is diverse, but it says in verse 1 that Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And as he looks to his followers, he says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. The idea of leaven is a permeating influence. You see, it refers to the yeast. Leaven was put into dough to cause it to rise or to swell or to enlarge. And when yeast is put into the dough, it affects the entire dough. It permeates the dough. It changes the structure of the dough. And so Jesus gives this warning, and he says, Beware of the permeating influence of the Pharisees, because it will come into your heart, it will come into your life, and it will change you. It will change you and take you away from the things of God. Because you see, i got to move this. I'm going to trip over it. Because you see, what happened was this. The Pharisees looked religious on the outside. They looked pious. And as they walked down the street, you would say, there's someone who loves God. There's someone who is in the direct will of God. And they had the right words to say, and they had the right clothes to wear, but the Bible tells us their heart was as far from God as it could possibly be. On the outside, they looked good, but on the inside, it was not a reality for their life. And Jesus comes and he says, beware of this type of hypocrisy. I heard this quote a long time ago. It said, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, but deny him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. 
And so Jesus says, you must be on guard of the hypocrisy that's all around you. Because if not, it's going to infect you. Now, in our context today, we know what it's like to not want to be infected. Most of us, we have in our pocket a mask. Well, that's not my mask, I don't think. I do like the colors, though. That's pretty, babe. Most of us, we have a mask, and we carry this mask around because we don't want to be infected. And so we're very careful. We're very careful not to give somebody a hug like we're used to or shake someone's hand. We're careful to go home and to wash our hands for at least 20 seconds and do all these things because we do not want to be infected. But Jesus says this, much more than being infected with the coronavirus, we better make sure that we're not infected with hypocrisy because it will come into our life and it will damn us spiritually. And so he says, you better be on guard against this. False religion provides a damning deception that you are really okay when you're really not okay. It reminds me of Revelation chapter 3 to the church of Laodicea. And he says, I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot, but so you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold. I will spit you out of my mouth. I can't stand it. I cannot stand you being lukewarm. I want you to be totally all in, all on fire for me. Hypocrisy is built on a show. It's built on a lie. It's built on the outside, trying to be something that we're not. And I believe that in our culture around us, there is so much hypocrisy. And if we're honest, we would all raise our hands and we would say, I struggle with it. I'm honest, I struggle with hypocrisy in my life. If you're honest, you struggle with it in your life. I remember when Brittany and I were building our home. It was 2008, and we were building our home, and we were so excited. And we finally got to that stage to where we were able to go and to begin to buy some of the fun stuff. And so I remember we went to the, the floor shop, and the guy comes out and says, well, what kind of flooring are y'all interested in? And we said, well, we love that, that deep hardwood floor, that, that dark brown hardwood floor. We really like that. And so he came out with these samples, and we found one that we loved. It was, it was rich, had so many different color variations. It was distressed, and the, the wood grain, it was just beautiful. And so I said, give us a price on this right here. And so he went back and was away for a few moments. He came back, and he gave us the price. And I think the look on my face showed that it was outside of our budget. <clears throat> And so a moment later, he said, well, now we do have another option. I said, well, what's the other option? He said, we also have what's called a laminate wood. And I said, well, what is a laminate wood? He said, well, it's plywood, but on top of the plywood, there is a picture of hardwood. You see, it's not really hardwood, but it's a picture of hardwood. And so a lot of folks will come into your home, and they will believe it's hardwood, but it costs a fraction as much as the real stuff. It's not the real stuff. It's not nearly as good as the real stuff, but it looks like the real stuff, and it's a whole lot cheaper. And I said, well, that sounds pretty good. And then we went and we started looking at countertops, and we saw all these natural stones, and they were beautiful. Everyone was different, so much color, variety in the stones, and we found one we liked, and I said, give me a price on this one. 
Guy came back with the price and he saw my face and said, well, we've got another option. And I said, well, what's the other option? He said, well, we have a laminate countertop. What's a laminate countertop? Well, it's a picture of granite. It's a picture of a real stone, but it's not actually a stone. It's just a picture. But for a lot of folks, they will see it and they will think it's the real thing. Here's what I think. I think we have a lot of laminate Christians in the church today. And we look like the real thing, and we pretend to be the real thing, and people may even buy into the fact that we are the real thing, but the reality is we are a cheap imitation, and there's no power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're going through our walk, and we're trying to look like something, but we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, and so we're not doing anything for the kingdom of God. And he's calling us to be genuine, to be real, to be authentic, and not to be a cheap knockoff. And so the question for us is this, how do we avoid hypocrisy in our lives? How do we avoid hypocrisy? Well, I'm glad you asked. Three ways. We're going to be quick. Look at verses 2 and 3. The Bible says, nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. What is going to motivate us to leave hypocrisy? What will motivate us is that God is going to uncover the truth. Did you see in the verse it said covered, revealed? It said hidden, known. No one escapes exposure. You say, I believe this. I believe that hypocrites know they are hypocrites. I believe that in here this morning, you know if your heart is corrupt. I believe in here this morning, you know if you enjoy to come and be a part of worship or if it's obligation. I believe in your heart this morning, you know if you have power over sin in your life. I believe you know if after you sin, if you have the conviction of the Holy Spirit on your heart. I, I think we know if we're walking in the joy of our salvation. Hypocrites know when they are hypocrites. And the Bible says there's coming a day when the mask will come off and we will be shown for what we really are. Now listen, it very well could be that you have fooled everyone around you. Do you know you can fool your spouse? really well. You can fool your parents. You can fool your best friend. You can fool your entire church. But listen to this. I promise you, you will never fool God. Did you catch that? You can fool everybody else and you can do it day after day after day after day, but you will never fool God. And there's coming a day when the mask will be taken off. It says this in Matthew 25. Allow me to read it to you. The parable of the sheep and the goats. The Bible says he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. And the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then he will say to those on his left, 
Depart from me, you cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. It's very simple. There's coming a day of judgment, and folks will be divided on one side or the other. We will be divided on if we have a genuine relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ or if we do not. It reminds me of scripture in Matthew 7. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and teach in your name and do many mighty works in your name? We sing in the choir. We drove a bus. We taught a class. We gave money. We had our own little pew, and we sat in it every single week. He says, and then I will proclaim, depart from me, you worker of lawlessness, for I never knew you. Now, the word in that that gets me is the word many. There will be many who have gone through the church experience and they have played the game so well and they've been involved in so much ministry activity, but yet they never had a genuine relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says there's coming a day that it will be exposed. He mentioned these inner rooms. You see, in, in large homes, they would have a room in the very middle. There'd be no windows. There'd be one door that you could come in or go out of. And so when you were in this inner room, you could do whatever you wanted, and no one could see you. There's a lot of us who believe that if we're in the inner room of our life, we can do whatever we want to do. As long as no one sees us, as long as we're not caught in what we're doing, but he says that God's going to expose what's been said in the dark will be brought to light. What's been done in secret will be proclaimed publicly. There's going to be an exposure. In my house, I've got two 10-year-old boys, and I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes they get on my nerves, <clears throat> okay? I hope you don't judge me for that. I'm just being honest. But they will be in the house, and they will be so rambunctious at times. Anybody, you got kids, grandkids like that? Come on. Really? Okay, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I know you do. I live with you, <clears throat> okay? <laughs> and so they will be like running around the house, and I'll get that voice out, and I'll say, boys, quit running in the house. Yes, sir, and they'll stop. And I'll no more look away, and I'll turn around, and I'll see them doing this right here. <laughs> and I'll say, I told you to quit running. And they'll say, Daddy, I'm not running. I'll say, boys, your legs are going the same speed. Your arms just aren't moving. You're still running. I can see you. I can see what you're doing. And I think the Lord wants us to know he sees us. He sees what we're doing. The Lord knows every thought in my mind. Everything that goes through my heart, the Lord knows it. The Lord knows this morning if I'm trying to be something I'm not to you or if I am being real and authentic. I might can fool you, but I cannot fool God. And you cannot fool God either. He knows our deepest secrets. He knows the things that nobody else knows. And so he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. You cannot allow hypocrisy in your life. It's going to infect you. It's going to mess you up. One day you will be exposed for what you are. Proverbs 15.3, it says, the eyes of the Lord 
are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. The second thing is this. Look at verse 4. He says, I tell you, my friends. Now, there's, there's compassion in that. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. And after that, have nothing more they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has the authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. The second point I want you to see is this. Hypocrites will be cast into hell. I'm sorry, I wish there was a nicer way to put that, but that's what the Scripture tells us. Amen? That's what the Scripture says. God will unmask the hypocrites, and God will send the hypocrites to hell. And so he says, don't be afraid of those who can kill you physically. Be afraid of the one who has the reins on your soul. Don't be so afraid of people and what people think. And let's be honest, we struggle with that, don't we? We struggle with what people think. I struggle with that. I want you guys to like me. I do. I want you to leave and say, well, that was a good sermon today. I I struggle with that. But what matters is not what people think. It's what God thinks. And and here's the reality. There have been many who the, the Holy Spirit has drawn to salvation. There has been the wooing of the Holy Spirit But during a time of invitation, they have stood and they have grabbed on the back of a pew with all their might and they would not move. Do you know why they wouldn't move? Because they were so afraid of what somebody else might think. What are they going to think if I go down? What are they going to think if I said that I have not been saved all this time? What are they going to think of me? And so because we're afraid of what someone might think, we grab onto that pew until the time passes. He says, don't be worried about people. Don't be worried about the one who can take your life. I don't know about you, but in my home, we take security very seriously. When I leave my home, I punch in my four number code and I push away and I leave. When I come back in, I push in that four digit code again and I put home. I wanna make sure nobody else has come into my home when I wasn't there. We're secure. We wear our seatbelts. We go to our doctor appointments. We take these things seriously. And that's good. That's fine. Nothing wrong with any of that. But how much time are we thinking about our eternal destiny? Don't fear about this life so much, but put your heart into the next life. Put your heart into the life that's come, your eternal destiny. Fear. Have a reverence for God. Have a respect and an awe of God who can cast your soul into hell. And then he goes in, point three, we're moving fast. Had to preach fast at one and two, and I'm going to preach fast for you too today, okay? Point three, look at verse six. He says, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs on your head are numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. A third time, he says, number one, that hypocrites will be unmasked. Number two, they will be sent to hell. And number three, he knows everything. How many times have you heard these verses and you heard them quoted as verses of encouragement? And someone will say, you know, God knows every time a bird hops God knows every time a bird falls from the sky. God knows every hair that's on your head. 
I'm told it's around 150,000 hairs for some of you, much, much less. But God knows. That's the point. The sovereignty of God, he knows everything about us. God's knowledge is complete. Nothing escapes his infinite omniscience. Now, to the hypocrite, that is frightening. But to the believer, that is wonderful news. And so the Lord is speaking this, and this is his point. You will not escape. Who you really are, the true you, the authentic you, you will not escape because God knows it all. God knows the very minute details of this world that we can never imagine. God knows down to the number of hairs on my head. God knows everything. And so I can assure you, God knows who I really am. And God knows who you really are. And so again, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. You better escape it. You better get rid of it. Why? Because it's going to show. God's going to unmask it. God's going to send the hypocrites to hell, and no one can escape it. You say, well, Case, that's kind of bad news. How do we, how do we fix this? How do we, how do we fix it? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look at verse 8. Verse 8. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Did you catch that? Everyone who confesses me before men. Remember the verses in Romans 10? That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For it is with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Here's what he's saying right here. There is, if there's no confession, there's no salvation, there's no heaven. But if you want to overcome all of this, you want to overcome hypocrisy, the way that we do it is by having a genuine, authentic relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me. When we really know Jesus, it's going to change us. Did y'all catch that? When we really have a relationship with the Lord, it's going to change us from the inside out. It's not that we have to walk around and try to look religious and pious and holy, but we're going to have a new self inside of us. The Holy Spirit is going to lead God and direct us, and we're going to walk in the joy of our salvation. So how do we get out of hypocrisy? We make sure that we have a genuine relationship with Jesus. And you say, well, well Case, that would be a great message like for an evangelism rally. It would be a great message for the lost outside the walls of the church. Remember who Jesus was talking to? He was talking to those who claim to be disciples. He was talking to the, the church environment. Talking to those who are claiming to be something. And he says you need to be careful. And I'm telling you, you need to be careful. It leads to this question. Here's the only question, really simple this morning. Do you know without a doubt that you've got a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Listen, that is the most important question you will ever answer. Don't brush it off. Don't pretend like it's not a big deal. This is serious. That's why he says, beware. This is a warning, caution. Listen, do you know that you've truly been saved? I'm not asking how many times you've come to church, how much money you've given. I'm not asking any of those things. I'm asking, do you know that you have a genuine relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ?
Flip over a page, chapter 13, verse 6. So Jesus is telling this, this sermon. It's a sermon, and then he closes it up in chapter 13, beginning in verse 6, with this parable. Let's look at it together. And he told this parable, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it, and he found none. And he said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, sir, let it alone this year. Also, until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. And that is the end of the sermon. You say, well, that's a unique way to end the sermon. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying that now is the time to repent. Now is the time to come to him. Now is the time to grow in him because his patience will not go on forever. Here's the reality. Every one of us today, we are living on borrowed time. Amen? Every one of us today are living on borrowed time. Every fruitless life, every life with no spiritual reality, every life that's producing nothing for the kingdom of God is on borrowed time. And there's coming a time when the tree is going to be cut down. And so what I'm trying to do this morning is spread a little bit of fertilizer. I'm spreading a little bit of, the Bible says manure, but I think fertilizer works better, doesn't it? Spreading a little bit of fertilizer. And the point is this, check your life. It's time to produce fruit. It's time to live for the kingdom of God. Because if you're not going to produce fruit, if you're not going to be real in your spiritual life, there's coming a time that the tree is going to be cut down. One of the best gifts that we have is the grace of God that gives us another chance. And we have another chance here this morning. It's time to be faithful to what God has called us to be faithful. 2 Corinthians 13.5, it says, examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Let me ask you to close your eyes and bow your head and do just that. Examine yourself to see whether or not you are in the faith. Look at your life. Do you see the indicators that point to a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know? Do you know that you know that you have been saved? On that day, many will say, Lord, didn't we do all these mighty works? But they will hear the response, depart from me, for I never knew you. Oh, my prayer is that none of us hear those words. Depart from me, for I never knew you. Look at your life. Maybe you look at your life and you say, you know what? I've been playing the game for a long time. And I know I don't have a real, genuine relationship. And you've got to answer the question this morning, how will you respond? Will you confess Christ before men, or will you grab onto that pew as tightly as you can? Maybe you're here and you know that you've truly been saved, but yet there is some hypocrisy in your life. You're living like a laminate Christian. You're not living up to the value that's been bestowed upon you. 
And today is the day to change that. Lord, we thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your word, how it speaks to us. And Lord, I pray that you'll move in and out of every aisle here this morning, God. That you'll challenge us. If there be one here who is not truly saved, Lord, I pray they'll get that straight. Lord, for those who just are not living it up the way we've been called to, I pray that'll be changed today as well. Lord, let us to be a, a faithful people who live for you in every way. Lord, in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Let me ask you to stand, sing with us. The altars are open. I'd love to chat with you. Jesus Messiah 